there's a man in the living room. And so I thought, oh, okay. She probably just thought she saw someone, but obviously there was no one else in the house. But I would go out there and check and there would be no one. And I would ask her things like, well, what is he wearing? Like, okay, if you're imagining this, it's going to be a little bit harder for you to come up with something, right? But without batting an eye, she would Mm -hmm. be able to describe to me what he was wearing. Mm -hmm. Was it always the same clothes every time? It was always a man. Mm-hmm. It was never a woman. It was always a man. He was always angry. She would say that he's angry. Mm-hmm. And one time I even asked, what's his name? She would say something like Chua was mm-hmm. his name. I don't know if part of it was just being three and trying to process it or what. But in any case, so that happened, like I said, on multiple occasions. So one particular afternoon, as I was trying to put them down for their nap, mm-hmm. she was again going on about there's a man in the living room. And how he was angry. And so I, at that point, got angry because if you're a mom or a parent who've ever tried to put your child down for a nap, you understand you want that process to happen as quickly as possible, right? I was kind of getting to the point where I'm like, all right, enough is enough. We need to go to sleep. Hey, you got to stop with these quote unquote stories. And she very calmly looked at me and said, mom, but he's standing right next to you and he's holding on to your leg. At that point. At that point, I have goosebumps. I mean, even now, as I'm retelling the story, I have goosebumps because it was just how calm she was when she said it Mm -hmm. and how real it was for her. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was very matter of fact and how real it was for her. I can't believe you've never told me these stories before. (laughs) I am like, I know I've mentioned it to you before. But I never went into a lot of detail about exactly what she told me and what happened. But at that moment, I called my husband. and I was like, I know we just moved in. I know we spent a lot of money remodeling this house, but I think I'm ready to move because this is what's going on. I'll just say this. I enjoy my fair share of scary stories. And I believe there's life after death. I believe there's a soul, but I'm not a person that necessarily is a big believer that ghosts are everywhere and you can counter them all the time. I'm, I'm skeptical when I hear ghost stories. This was something that really shook me, really, really shook me. My mom came and put holy water all over my house. For our listeners, I'm curious, did the holy water, like, did you notice a definite difference after you did that? Because she and I used to holy water all over our <laughs> <laughs> But I'm curious because, you know, we holy watered every single apartment, rental, new home when we were in college because we were a lot, we were a lot younger. We were more scared. Right. And we used to be horror movie addicts, but we've never encountered anything in our younger days. And I'm wondering if it's the holy water. I still holy water my house or my apartment when I move in. That's something that I've always continued because my mom is a very, very devout Catholic. Right. And if I didn't do it, she would come and do it for me anyways. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so with this house, I don't remember if I did that prior to moving in, but after all this stuff happened, I really did not like being home alone. And again, my husband was still working a lot, but I got my mom to come over often. And I have to say, I do remember that maybe it was just all of those extra measure and having more people in the house made me feel a little bit safer, Uh but I do remember her reporting it less, but it didn't completely stopped. 
And we only lived in that house for about two to three years. We didn't sell our house because of that. Just to be clear, I didn't make a financial decision based on ghost stories, but (laughs) we did move to Colorado and therefore we sold the house. I felt like over time, whoever that person was accepted that we were there. I remember having a quote unquote conversation, if you will, with this ghost or this person that we meant him no harm, that we are good people. And this is our house and we needed a place to stay. We hope that he would at least share the space with us in a peaceful manner. Again, I consider myself someone who believes in science, who is uh, skeptical. When I hear other people tell ghost stories, I'm mostly just skeptical. We haven't had that problem with her since. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe that at that stage with my daughter, there is something that, I don't know, just the fact that it was a historical neighborhood in a very old house, mm-hmm. it really added to the authenticity of what she was saying. Mm-hmm. I get it. I understand. A little bit of background. She and I grew up in the suburbs of Houston and the suburbs of Houston are a very new area. A lot of times old buildings get torn down and new buildings get built. The suburbs of Houston, unfortunately, did not have bucket loads of history. It's all the same cookie cutter, if you will, neighborhoods. So we grew up living in kind of very young developments. At the same time, when she moved into her old house, I moved into an older neighborhood as well, because when we grew up, we decided we did want to live close to the city, just like a lot of young people. And So my neighborhood, I think, was built in the 50s. And I lived alone at that time. I didn't know Nick yet, my husband. So it was me and my two dogs. And it was a little bit, honestly, when I first moved in, I was a little bit like, "Mm, it's kind of an old house. (laughs) Like, you know, stuff just isn't brand new the way that you're used to, even though a few things have been updated. And lucky for me, because I know she kind of, was like, oh my gosh, maybe we should move. I definitely would have moved. I am a, <laughs> I am a wuss. I would be like, yep, Sayonara, you can have the house ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so very fortunately, my house was not haunted. Or I should say, maybe I didn't have the right aura to receive that. Because, and this is a Chinese belief, that certain people because of their past histories or possibly the time that they're born, which I know sounds kind of weird, but it's a lot like Western horoscopes, right? You're born at a certain time. So you're this mm-hmm. star sign with Chinese fortune telling it's you're born at the certain time. So the year weighs this much and the month weighs this much and the day weighs this much and the hour weighs this much. And you add it all together. And that is the weight of your life and heavier weighted lives are better lives. And so a lot of Chinese people do their best to have babies on good years, as they call mm-hmm. it, heavy weighted years, to sway the favor in favor of your baby and the life that they might have. So it's a very common Chinese mythology. And I personally, and it's probably because I'm Chinese and grew up surrounded by all of this superstition, I personally think there's a little something to it. We believe that children can see spirits or paranormal kind of 
apparitions more easily because until you're a certain age, and I think, don't quote me, I think the age is something like four-ish, basically before their skull completely closes over, they are privy to more secrets of the universe. So they get more heavenly intellect, I guess, if you will. I don't know what to call it. (laughs) They get more spiritual energy. They can see it more. So a lot of times I'm a regular visitor to things like Reddit paranormal stories. I love them. Halloween's my favorite holiday. So there's a Reddit parent thread that's called what's the scariest thing your children have ever said or something like that. If you read it, it's a very common thing that younger kids will have all these stories or imaginary friends or see things, quote unquote, and past a certain age, that imaginary friend may disappear. And for a Chinese person, they would say, well, the friend hasn't disappeared. (laughs) The child can no longer see them. So that being said, I'm very glad it hasn't happened to me. Knock on wood. I've calculated the weight of my life and it's decently heavy. And as much as I love horror stories, I am not one of those, I would say, horror chasers because I know there are people who deliberately go and vacation or stay at maybe a bed and breakfast or a hotel that they know is haunted and they'll do ghost tours. And as much as I think a ghost tour sounds like a lot of fun, especially down here in the South, ghost tours are very popular. So like if you go to New Orleans, there's a lot of ghost tours and they tell you the stories and the history and who's haunting it. I never go on those because again, the Chinese saying is, You never know who will follow you home, who might think you're cute and want to come home with you. And (laughs) I do not tempt any spirits or anything like that into following me home. All right. So that's just a a non-starter, but that's just like super interesting. I I don't know. I would have 100% died. (laughs) I know. And like I said, in the past, I've had incidents too, where I remember one night, this was before I had kids, but it was like two in the morning and I was already in bed and suddenly my TV turns on the TV just turned on. And I'm one of those persons that I suppose scare easily. I don't know, but I freaked out. I remember it because this was not too long after we had watched the ring. I remember it because she called me, she ran out of her house with just her dog in tow. She had no kids yet, just the Pomeranian. And Tony was... He was at a friend's house. He was hanging out late night with a friend. Okay, so he wasn't home. And we had just watched The Ring. I mean, The Ring really scarred us. Yes, I'm still (laughs) scarred by that movie. I think she had to sleep with the light on for like a month. A month? I couldn't watch TV for like six months, dude. (laughs) I was afraid to be alone with the TV for like six months. (laughs) So it clearly really, really scared us. She called me from her car at 2 a.m. I was dead asleep. And thank goodness my phone was on because I just don't know. (laughs) I wouldn't want her to be out there scared by herself. But the phone was on. It rang at 2 a.m. I looked at the caller ID and I was like, oh, my God, what has happened? So I answered the call immediately And she was just sitting in her car, freaked out. And honestly, it freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, don't go back inside. The house is haunted. (laughs) I have to say the ring has got to be the scariest, scary movie we've watched or I've watched as an adult. Because when I was a child, I was not exposed to scary movies until I was about seven. I remember one time 
my aunt, when we were still in Vietnam, mm-hmm. had rented, this is back in the days, right? And also in Vietnam, in a third world country at the time, had rented a, I guess it's called a VCR machine. Is that what it's mm-hmm. called? But mm-hmm. it plays a cassette tape. And I think it was the one with, was it Hellraiser? I, I don't remember. But it's the one with the guy with all the nails on his head. So mm-hmm. that was my first exposure to scary movies. And I tell you, I regret having been shown that movie. <laughs> Before that, I slept soundly. I had no knowledge of ghosts or fear of it. But after that movie, I tell you, I lost so much sleep, even though at the time I share a bed with my sister. So I wasn't in a room by myself, but that movie was my first introduction to it. And then eventually I grew up and I kind of got over Hellraiser. Nowadays, when I look at it, I'm like, ah, oh, it's not that scary. But the ring, when I watched the ring, it brought back so much of that irrational fear where you had to sleep with the light on. I couldn't be alone with the TV in the room. I mentioned this too in another one of our episodes, but I have cut out scary movies from my life for quite a while now because I can't handle that stress anymore. Like I can't handle not being able to shower on my own without fear. I don't know what your scariest movie you've ever seen, but I have to say The Ring really, really mentally F with me. <laughs> you know? I will say that The Ring is up there in the level of scariest movies I personally have consumed. I, unlike Chi, have continued to watch horror movies. <laughs> I do not watch them alone, however. I do prefer to be with a crowd of people when I see them. <laughs> And other than The Ring, I think the Conjuring series is pretty well done and pretty scary. But probably The Ring stands out because we watched it as much younger women. And I was just a lot more scared back then. And I have to say, there's something about watching scary movies with someone who also gets scares. Because, you know, sometimes you watch a scary movie with someone who's just like, oh, whatever. And it kind of ruined the experience for you. So... Mm -hmm. Find you a friend who scares easily and watch it with them, right? Because it enhances the experience. It's true. And also maybe get a friend who doesn't scare easy because a lot of times in our 20s, when we watch horror movies, I mean, yes, it was just she and I a lot of the time, but sometimes Tony would come up and visit And because they were already dating, they've been together a long time and Tony does not scare easy. So Tony would sometimes like anchor our horror movie nights. And, and I think having the presence of someone who wasn't scared was good for recovery afterwards. (laughs) But I also remember what I thought was going to be one of the scariest movies we'd ever watched together. So we watched the ring, which we were terrified by. And then we wanted to watch the other Japanese, which one is The Grudge. And it's terrifying. That movie is terrifying until the end. The ending of The Grudge in the original Japanese version was just so unexplained. It just kind of ends. Like, what, did everybody die? I don't understand. And then you're so baffled that the scare has just left. Like, <laughs> it It was building up, I think, to be the scariest movie that we had ever seen. I screamed so much watching that movie more than any other movie I have ever watched. Like just the little boy and the freaking creepy lady who crawled over the crawl. It was hair raising. But 
then it's like note to scary movie producers when you end it with just some random bs then it just takes away from the whole scare factor because everything leading up to the end was terrifying and then we were just like huh so, I'm somewhat grateful though you know because it kind of snapped you out of it and say like, okay okay it's just a movie it's just a movie I, I can understand that I understand that well I'm gonna wrap with this one story I don't have any personal first person paranormal stories again thank god I think I would just die <laughs> but 20 years on from the ring now I'm not as scared of it anymore even though when I look back and think back I am like oh it was terrifying but So these days, as part of my Halloween decoration, I have a dress dummy mannequin because we once upon a time were fashion design majors and I thought I would need one. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) And so I take it out and I drape it in like a white flat sheet. Then I pin a styrofoam skull to the top so that it has a head and then I bought some dollar store black wigs like literally it's a dollar and it's on a little headband and I put one in front one in back oh my god I do remember this decoration (laughs) it is a exact replica of the ring girl and the first year I got with Nick and busted that out I had pulled a practical prank on him in the middle of the night. I went to the kitchen to get water, I think. And I was coming back and I could hear him. I think he had gone to the restroom and I think I could hear him walking to the bedroom door, probably wondering where I was. So I stood out in the hallway in the pitch blackness and waited for him to open the door and just like walk into me kind of. And he freaked out. And then in retaliation, a couple of mornings after that, when I was getting ready to go to work, I was like, you know what? I'm going to duck into the restroom real quick before I leave. And I said, okay, you know, he was also heading out. I said, okay, hon, love you. See you later. And I duck into the restroom and I then come out, open the door and the ring girl that I had made was standing right outside the restroom door. (laughs) And I screamed bloody murder. And then you hear just raucous laughter coming from the living room. He's, he was like, ah, He's like, I've been waiting. I, he's like, I put on my shoes and I, w- I knew you were coming out. I've just been waiting to hear that before I leave. Retaliation <laughs> for me getting him two nights ago. So <laughs> that's the personal fun story I have to add for that. Unfortunately, we've reached the end of this week's episode. I could sit here and listen to paranormal stories forever, but we have to wrap up at some point. We love and appreciate every single one of you for tuning in. As always, remember to tune in weekly for new episodes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, maybe take some time to call up a friend and share a ghost story today. (laughs) Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend, on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com. By the way, we've also uploaded a new website so that any of our friends who are hearing impaired and would like to still listen to the podcast, the transcripts are all posted online for you. And any links that we cite during our podcasts will be linked there as well.